Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another incredible Market Impact Insights podcast. So when you think about wellness, what comes to mind? Now, during today's global pandemic, obviously, many of you would think about your physical or your mental wellness, but the economic impacts of the past several months also highlight how important financial wellness is, and that's true for all of us. In fact, a survey by PwC shows that financial stress is the number one workplace concern, and it's only escalating. Other data shows that employees are now checking their retirement portfolios as much as three times more often than they did before. So this is very real, this this idea of financial wellness. And we're going to focus today's discussion with Martin DeBeer, founder and CEO of BrightPlan, on what financial wellness really means and some really innovative solutions that are helping employers provide better tools for their employees to get more clarity and more control of their personal finances during uncertain times. And by investing in better financial wellness for their employees, the real question is, how are companies better achieving long-term success? Now, Martin is no stranger to innovation and business growth. Prior to BrightPlan, Martin was Senior Vice President at Cisco Systems, where he led multiple businesses from the idea stage to more than $1 billion in revenue. In his last position, he was responsible for Cisco's video and collaboration portfolio that generated more than $9 billion of annual revenue. So he knows a lot about growth, a lot about scale, and uh, will be really interesting to uh, hear more of his perspectives. And perhaps more importantly, One of Martin's life goals is to inspire and guide people to achieve their life and financial goals. And he's also been a prior nominee for wealthmanagement.com's Innovator of the Year Award. So we're talking with a true innovator and a true leader. And Martin, welcome to Market Impact Insights. Thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate the kind introduction and it's great to be here with you. So, Martin, looking back at your career, you've been working in and around a variety of technologies and the whole innovation cycle your entire career. And I'm curious, going back, what really inspired you and led you down that particular path? Yeah, you know, Dan, I have, uh, I'm an engineer by training, an aeronautical engineer. I've always been fascinated by technology. I'll never forget. I got my uh, pilot's license when I was 16 and In South Africa, where I grew up for two years, I could fly around before I could drive around because you could only get your driver's license (laughs) there at age 18. And it was really my fascination with technology that led me to that and drove that for me. Um, And so, you know, um, that also ultimately brought me to Silicon Valley. I was very fortunate to have been given that opportunity and I jumped at it and my wife was kind enough to follow me. Uh, and uh, here we are, you know, 27 years later, 
uh, and uh, still, you know, having a lot of fun. So I feel very lucky and fortunate. Now, you, you've also spoken in the past about the importance of creating an innovative mindset within a company. Can you talk a little bit about what it really takes to build that mindset? Yeah, you know, um, building that mindset really goes back to the culture uh, of the company in a big way and establishing the right culture so that innovation can thrive uh, is fundamental. And it's, it's not easy, you know. Uh, human nature often will get in the way and it is just so important that as you set up uh, a new company that you hire the right people that bring the right mindset and that can fit into the culture that you're trying to establish um, and it's a lot of things it's not just being smart you know and innovative but it is being a team player uh, it's all about you know being open to others ideas and learn from the people around you so that you know, one plus one equals three at the end of the day. Um, and so as I think about establishing a culture of innovation, I keep my eyes and ears, I keep my ears close to the ground, listening to the team, looking and understanding the dynamics within our team. And, you know, uh, quickly, uh, you know, if, if I see the, the um, you know, things come off the rails, uh, jumping in and making sure uh, I lead the team in the right direction. Um, we tend to, just as a quick example, every employee we've hired to date, we actually do, uh, we do almost no one-on-one -on -one interviews other than the manager will interview a candidate one-on-one, -on -one, but we do group interviews. So if the engineer, if we're hiring an engineer, the, the, you know, after an initial interview with the manager, the engineer a ring team will actually interview a candidate. And then ultimately the leadership team will, will, will uh, interview everyone. We, we recruit. And so we take time in that interview, not just to ask our own questions, but to also listen to the answers from other, uh, other participants uh, that is part of that group interview. And it's fascinating to also hear the candidate then respond and ask questions. And then, you know, the candidate will leave and right there and then we make a decision very quickly. We get people's feedback around the table and it's, it's amazing how we see similar trends, uh, you know, or red flags, or, you know, we all like a candidate uh, for a similar set of reasons. And so if you can leverage the power of a team, uh, you get much better outcomes when it comes to innovation. And lastly, let me just say, it is all about the team. At the end of the day, companies don't innovate, people innovate. And if you create the right culture and environment uh, and the right mindset inside of a company, that's when innovation thrives. You know, it was really interesting as you were talking and what was so clear is that the real power behind innovation, you know, people often think about process or they think about tools and technology that aids, you know, in generating, you know, new products or innovation. But really what you're talking about, Martin, it comes back to the people, comes back to cultural fit and, and motivation, doesn't it? It absolutely does. You know, those other things are important. Uh, or, or I should say they are relevant and they, 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 but it's basic hygiene. You know, you have to have a good process that will facilitate innovation, but you can have all of those things in place like process, et cetera. But if you don't have people that are innovative thinkers and it's open to ideas and is willing to take risk and not be afraid to fail, you know, all the things you often read about, but 
truly be able to live it, that's when innovation thrives. Absolutely true. Now, one of the interesting things about your background is that you've combined senior executive roles in very large organizations like Cisco with much more entrepreneurial ventures and uh, emerging uh, growth-oriented uh, businesses. What are some of the leadership principles that you've taken from your experience in the corporate world that have been essential in making you ready to take on the role as a company founder and CEO? That's a great question, Dan. And again, I've been very fortunate because, you know, I have started several companies, uh, you know, over my many years in, in business. Uh, but I've also worked for very large organizations. When I joined Cisco, it was a company of 3,000 people and about 800 million in revenues. And by the time I left, we were 75,000 employees and more than, you know, close to 50 billion in revenues. And having lived through that tremendous time of scale was also an amazing learning because that's when you innovate not just in product, but you innovate in process and many other aspects of the business to actually get to be, you know, that size. Um, but as we built for scale at Cisco, and as I saw an amazing company and an amazing group of people be very, very successful, you know, uh, you can apply a lot of what you've learned there when you're in the incubation stages of a company, because if you know what the journey looks like ahead, uh, and you can set the right building blocks in place when you build a company, then by the time you reach that those future stages of your journey, you know you don't have to do a lot of rework or a lot of you know uh, reengineering or rethinking or process reengineering, etc., because you have built a solution based on an architecture with a set of processes that was built for scale from the start. And, and that's really what, for me personally, has been one of the best things I was able to learn in a big corporation as a senior executive, but bring back to a small team. I will also say that, um, you know, I had a lot of fun at Cisco managing big teams, but when you manage, you know, tens of thousands of, of, of or, or, you know, a lot of people, let me just say it that way, you know, it's a very different role that you're in and you, you tend to be farther away from the action, so to speak. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, you can do deep dives as a senior executive, but it's harder to keep your finger off the pulse of, of innovation and what's going, what's really going on. What I've enjoyed tremendously in my last four years building Bright Plan has, has really been being so close to the action and, you know, really be able to part of that very innovative process. But, you know, whether you start a company externally or whether you're starting, a, you know, a new business within the confines of a large organization, uh, these are all very different challenges that often require very different answers. And so being creative and learning not just from your own mistakes, but also from mistakes that others have made and being open to that is so important. Um, and so those are all things that really benefited me as I've, you know, worked for small companies, then worked for a company that was medium in size and grew to become very big and now bringing a lot of that back to starting this company from scratch. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have seen it all. And it's, it's the roll up the sleeves, the cliche of rolling up the sleeves, getting your hands dirty, getting engaged. And 
Speaking of Bright Plan, I know, Martin, that you had a very compelling life event that inspired you to found the company. Can you share a bit more about that? And are there some really important core beliefs that have been essential then coming out of that experience that you're really trying to accomplish at Bright Plan? Yes. You know, um, I spent 20 years at Cisco and, uh, you know, again, an amazing company with amazing people, but sometimes life throws you a curveball. And in my case, my wife became ill very unexpectedly. She's always been, you know, even more healthy than what I have been. Uh, fortunately, let me first and foremost say that she is well now. She's doing very well. And, um, you know, we're all, all very fortunate um, that things turned out the right way. But it's great news. Yep. You know, Cisco, as part of, again, their culture, uh, you know, I was given the, the opportunity to step away from my role and, and take a sabbatical to be with her and help her through that time. Um, and, you know, when you are a senior executive in a Fortune 500 company, I mean, you run 200 miles an hour and you don't have time to think often. Um, but when I was able to spend time with Karen as she was healing, uh, I had the opportunity to actually, for the first time in many years, <clears throat> you know, take a much closer look at my own personal financial plan and also understanding just, you know, how wealth and finances are very closely related. You know, money, money is everyone's problem, but we don't even teach our kids how to use a credit card in high school. So people often get well-educated, they work really hard, and then they make very poor financial decisions or they mm -hmm. get very poor yep. advice. And, you know, the result is very predictable. And so as, uh, you know, as I had that, uh, that time and, and starting to think about how often people that have financial challenges become sick or people that are experiencing health uh, challenges, you know, it places a big financial burden on them. These, you know, financial health and physical health are, are you know, inextricably, inextricably tied together. And the one affects the other in a profound way. And so as I had time to look deeper into my own situation, you know, I thought I was a smart guy and I thought, you know, I had life figured out and I was doing really well at a Fortune 500 company. Well, as I started asking much tougher questions and probing questions of my advisors at a private bank, um, it became clear to me that I did not have a rock solid plan in place. And in fact, that I wasn't well positioned for retirement one day and that the advice I've been receiving was really not in my best interest. I was in very illiquid securities that had big fees associated with it. And I didn't even understand that. And so, you know, that really hit home for me because I, I realized that, gosh, if I didn't see that coming and I didn't understand exactly where I was, um, you know, and I'm a fairly savvy financial business person, then there must be millions of people that is in the same boat. And so, you know, at the end of that process, you know, that really became a passion. And the more, the more I uh, researched this and looked into it, the more I understand the magnitude of this challenge and this problem. Uh, and so, you know, I would have loved to apply my skill set to do something with real purpose in the medical field based on what my wife lived through. But that's not my area of expertise. But I know that, you know, software can crunch numbers and that, 
financial wellness is a solvable problem with software. And so that is what sets the wheels in motion for me to decide, you know, I'm not going back to Cisco, but I really want to pursue this much greater purpose of helping millions of people live better lives, you know, happier uh, and, 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 and better lives. And so that's really what led me to uh, start Bright Plan. You know, when it comes from a, a deep and very personal experience, the, the passion and the commitment to help others, I mean, it just doesn't get any any better than that or profound than that, Martin. So um, thank you for sharing that. And of course, uh, I can't think of better news that your wife has uh, come through that and and has been able to, um, you know, overcome that challenge. So that's, that's the best news in that, but then also now making a bright plan and helping others possible. And when we're thinking about total wellness for employers and employees, not just the mental uh, and the physical health, but their financial health, all of that makes total sense. And with all the stress that, that we're now going through in the pandemic, of course, all of that's coming into play. But I was also uh, recently taking a look at some survey results uh, from Bright Plan, where the percentage of employers that are reporting making an investment in their own employees' financial wellness has actually doubled in the last five years to 50%. So that's pretty significant growth. But when we think about that other 50% that maybe haven't yet made that commitment, what do you see as some of the barriers that are contributing to, to them not really getting on board and, and fully investing in this yet? Yeah, you know, Dan, if I think back to 2019, uh, you know, uh, and we were talking to pros prospective customers at that time, they all could understand intellectually that this is a need and it's a pretty pervasive need. But I would say it was not a must-have benefit that they would roll out to employees because most managers would think, gee, you know, we're paying our people well. They got to figure it out, right? Um, and there's lots of advisors they can go to. Uh, but in reality, and, and this is a big part of the the. The, the greater purpose, if you will, of Brightplan. And, you know, everyone at Brightplan, that's part of our culture. We're, we're on a mission and we have a real purpose and that's what drives us. Um, you know, and, and it has um, both purpose and significance because when you can help people be financially well and live a good life, then it often has a generational effect. You know, and, and so as we think about even on minority groups, you know, if we can guide the the you know think of the dni populations that many employers have if you can help them become financially well not just do you help them but you know in that moment or that 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 current generation but it also will have a a profound effect on on future generations and so employers are starting to wake up to this they're starting to realize that how important financial wellness is and how it affects everything else uh, in fact you know, I would say that, um, you know, as we now talk to employers post the start of the pandemic, we're getting a very different response from them in the sense that it's now become a must have benefit. And employers have been waking up to this whole notion that if they can remove the number one point of stress, which is financial wellness for their employees, not only will they have a much more engaged and loyal workforce, but they're actually going to have a bottom line impact in their business. 
And there's great research out there that will show that. And as we build business cases for our customers, that that stands out as well. So, you know, going back to your question, um, the 50% that have deployed financial wellness, Dan, most of those programs are woefully inadequate. You know, they, they are effectively education plus some access to coaches. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that that is out there and it certainly has had its impact. But employees need actionable advice. They need not just education, but they need a way to implement what they learn to make them more financially well. And then they need a feedback loop to understand how they're doing. And so, you know, based on the solutions that's been out there in the past, employers have not been, you know, overwhelmingly positive about that. And I think the, the, the more later adopters, if you will, have been looking at that saying, you know, I, I'm not sure. I can see the value of education and some coaching, but I'm not sure if that's the answer. What we're seeing now is that increasingly, uh, you know, as more comprehensive solutions makes its way into the market, what we call total financial wellness, where you can address all the needs of an employee population, whether it's your new grads that you're hiring right out of school, or it is your older population that may be a couple of years away from retirement. Um, you know, um, if you can address the needs of that entire spectrum um, and you can in the process meet your business objectives uh, and help your business ob objectives being met, then, you know, suddenly the employer thinks about this very differently. And I would also say there's a big emotional component to all of this. And, and the employers that are more visionary, uh, you know, that, that, that gets voted to be best place to work, they understand that if they can invest in what their employees care most about, things like, how do I get out of debt? How do I send my kids to college? How do I buy a home? And yes, how do I retire? But, you know, not just retirement, but everything between now and retirement. If an employer can help employees make the best of the huge investment they're making in their employees, you know, through compensation and benefits, then ultimately they create a, an employee base that is very loyal, that love their employer because their employer truly cares about what they care about. And that includes everything that's personal to them. Um, you know, and that means you, you end up with a far more engaged and, and um, you know, happy, happy workforce. And that, that means they're more productive. Uh, you will attract and retain the top talent that you're looking for. Uh, you know, and ultimately it drops down to the bottom line. So, so you know, more and more employers are seeing that. The research is showing, uh, is clearly pointing to it. And as we see employers roll out financial wellness, you know, they're willing to stand up and actually say publicly, this has been great. It has had a profound impact and they're willing to speak about it publicly. So, so that's for us very gratifying just uh, based on the mission we've set out to do. Yeah, a lot of examples there in terms of the real benefits or the impacts that you shared there. And I think what you were saying is making a commitment to employee financial wellness is really a true long-term strategy. This is not a, a short-term, just a tactical thing, right? That just gets us through the next quarter or next half of year, right? It's a long-term play. Absolutely. You know, um, when you think of financial wellness, it's a lifelong journey. Um, 
you know, my kids are still less than 30 years old. And the third one was just talking to me last night. He actually works for Brightplan. He's, he's on the sales side, very, very excited. And he's talking to me about how in Brightplan, he, he, he just bought his first car, you know, and how he was able to uh -huh. figure yeah. out whether he can afford it, you know, and what does that mean for his other life goals if he buys this car, et cetera. You know, it was so gratifying for me as a dad to actually see <laughs> yeah. one of my kids figure out their finances using what we've built, you know, and, and, and that was yeah. fantastic. Um, but, but yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Dan. Um, you know, as, as we talk to employers um, and as they, you know, increasingly become aware of the need for this, uh, you know, they're stepping up and, uh, you know, it's great to, I, I, I'm, it cannot be a better time, right, for them to take this action and, and do something about what's going on. Well, it, it sounds like the interest level, the receptiveness around this concept of financial wellness uh, for employees uh, has really been heating up recently. As Bright Plan goes out and shares its vision for how to make that a reality. What are some of the key differentiators? Could you just go over those? I think you may have mentioned a few earlier, but what really makes it compelling when they look at Bright Plan to say, you know what, this is different, it's meaningful, and it's something worth pursuing? Yeah, great question, Dan. And, you know, let me backtrack just for a moment, if I may, because, you know, I, I, I want to add something to the prior point. When you talk about financial wellness as a long-term strategy, um, you know, clearly, as you think about how do you achieve your long-term business objectives and goals, the people and, you know, will make that happen for you, you know, and again, investing in your employee base um, will align them. You know, if you can align your company's goals with their goals, then mm -hmm. you drive very yeah. positive outcomes at the end of the day. And so, you know, I just wanted to raise that additional point because I think um, the, the more strategic types of executives we engage with absolutely understand this and they get very excited about it uh, because they have a big benefit portfolio typically and they pay a lot of money. Uh, you know, that's a big budget. Let me just say that they spend a lot when it comes to benefits, but they often see that the benefit portfolio that is out there is very underutilized. And, you know, employees often don't understand the value of that benefit portfolio and they end up leaving a lot of money on the table because they just not educated enough. And so what Brightpan also does for those employers, and it maps into your question on differentiation, is we advise not just on the employee's personal finances, but we also advise on the full benefit portfolio. You know, so in Brightplan, an employee can link all of their financial accounts, not just their banking and credit cards, et cetera, but their 401k, their health savings account, mm -hmm. you know, and, and any of their, you know, benefits that have a, a financial element related to it. And so the education that we then deliver uh, is personalized to the employee, but also customized to the employer. And so where you then end up is both in your digital planning stages with Bright Plan, but then also when you talk to one of our human advisors, you get to optimize the use of your company's full suite of benefits. And that 
is a very underappreciated aspect of what financial wellness really can mean for both the employee and the employer. Um, and so, you know, that gets the employer um, a much better return on that invest that benefit portfolio that they're already paying for, you know. So Bright Plan, though, if you ask me what makes us different, then it is the fact that we are the only financial wellness solution that is certified for fiduciary excellence. And we are certified by an, a global organization called CFIX, the Center for Fiduciary Excellence, that audits us once a year to ensure that all the advice we provide to our clients is only in their best interest. Now, you would probably say, gosh, but hang on a second, uh, you know, wouldn't all financial advisors provide advice to their clients that's in their best interest? You would think so. But if they're selling a product, then there's a conflict of interest. And, you know, just like your attorney is only providing you advice. And hence, if the advice is not in your best interest, you're probably not going to go back to that attorney. Brightman is very similar. We're a fee only advisor. We don't sell any product. Um, and we give you the best possible advice that's always in your best interest. And we're certified as a fiduciary in that respect. Mm -hmm. And that's what sets us apart. You know, when the employers then talk to us, they can know that this annual audit is going to ensure our ongoing, uh, you know, fiduciary excellence. But it also gives them comfort that the advice their employees will receive from us, uh, you know, is uh, best in class and it, it, it aligns with the best practices that is out there. So that's really what makes us different. And then secondly, the fact that we provide a very comprehensive and holistic solution that uh, can meet people where they are in their life journey. And it incorporates, you know, all of the employer benefits, as I've mentioned uh, before. Um, and, and that's quite unique. And then lastly, you know, when you think of Bright Plan, there are four main elements, uh, personalized education, um, you know, goals-based planning and your, your personalized goals with your personal assumption drive then a personalized investment strategy that we advise you on. Um, and you can also automate investing through Brightplan if you, if you choose to. Um, and then we give you the ability to manage your life going forward. So all your accounts show up in one place. Uh, you get a, a automated spending analysis anytime you can pull out Brightplan and see where your money is going and what it's being spent on. And you get an automated budget, so you don't have to lift a finger to get a budget. You can tweak it, of course. But you have a comprehensive view now of what's going on in the world. And we really drive human behavior at the end of the day, because when you read that headline, the NASDAQ you know, or the Dow dropped 1,000 points, you can pull out Brightplan and see what does it mean for my life goals, my net worth? Are my goals still on track based on this mark, this headline, you know, and you can immediately see yes or no. And if you were, uh, you know, appropriately invested, your goals will still be on track. Or if one goes off track, mm -hmm. we'll tell you how to get it back on track. And so we prevent people from making poor choices when markets are, also, are, are very high or very low, or you have these, you know, very volatile times like we have seen with the pandemic as well. And people make very, very poor decisions. So, I know that's a mouthful, but, uh, you know, that's what Bright Plan is about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it just boils down to having that objective expertise, having the flexibility and the ability to create personalized planning 
And then also having the tools for real-time monitoring and course change correction where needed. So really, really powerful examples. Thanks for that. And I'd like to shift gears a little bit, Martin, into you and your perspective as a company leader and a CEO. Obviously, we're in very uncharted waters right now with the pandemic, and we've talked to several leaders on this podcast about how they are helping ensure the continuity of their culture and the the strength and connection between their employees. I'm just curious, in your case, have there been some specific strategies that you've developed at Bright Plan to maintain a very positive company culture, maintain your business continuity, and continuing to develop your deep customer relationships, even through all of these uncharted waters? Yeah, that's a great question, Dan. And obviously, I think for all CEOs and executive teams, it has been one of the most challenging times we have or will ever manage through in our careers. Um, In a way, Brightpan has been fortunate because when we set out, we knew that it would be hard for us to attract the level of talent we were looking for all in one place. And the Bay Area is an expensive place to do that. So we have been operating in in a virtual model right from the start, not just in terms of our talent, but, and maybe it had something to do with the the video systems we built at Cisco, where, you know, we really gave a lot of thought to being, having, getting people to be as productive, if you will, and as effective as if they are there in person, even though they may be virtual. But, you know, we use technology extensively to bring our teams together and to be face to face. Uh, Earlier today, we had our weekly all-hands meeting where I give the team an update and our other leaders talk about other parts of the business and, you know, just what's going on. So keeping people connected, Mm -hmm. keeping them in the loop, keeping them, you know, up to date is incredibly important. And doing it monthly or quarterly in this environment just will not cut it. You have to do it on a weekly basis. We also on Friday, so we do that on a Monday and on a Friday, we have a virtual coffee, you know, where it's not business. It's just a team that choose to hop on a video conference. um, And, you know, we have a cup of coffee together and anyone can talk about anything. I try to be quiet on the Friday session, just listen. And, you know, it's amazing how you can get the temperature from your team when you do that. Um, But I will also say it's hard to build culture if you didn't have a good, good culture to start with, right? So if you have a good, positive culture today, maintaining it through the pandemic is really important. And those are some of the ways we've been able to do that. Business continuity is obviously essential. And, you know, we are delivering a service that people now depend on more than ever. So we have also, from the outset, decided that we're going to be a Uh, you know, a a citizen of the modern cloud era. And we buy everything we can as a service. And we only build where we can add value and innovate. And that means that we don't have a data center. We don't have a single server in our company. Uh, You know, everything lives in the cloud or all our client data lives in Salesforce. And we built on top of Salesforce as an example. Um, And so, you know, we look to those big, cloud providers and companies to, with all their great security and business continuity and, and redundancy to deliver what we need. Um, and, you know, of course, we have also done our part in terms of our uh, 
our mobile app, etc., to ensure that. But leveraging the cloud and leveraging capabilities and engineers from firms that are excellent at business continuity has been our recipe to success. I would also say we kind of had to do it because as a regulated entity by the SEC, there are strict requirements as to what we can and cannot do. And so, you know, we had to build business continuity into our um, you know, DNA, if you will, and our architecture right from the start. And then lastly, as you, you know, you asked about, um, you know, just deeper customer relationships. Um, I think all of us has recognized and realized that we can be as effective, uh, you know, on a virtual video call than being there in person. And in fact, we can be more productive because we can do more, we can be in front of more of our customers than trying to fly around and meet with those customers. Um, and so I think, you know, some of the things that's worked for us is schedule a 15 minute touch base if you, you just need to touch base, you know, minimize the amount of time you use because a lot of people and customers in particular during this time, we all feel the pressure and the fatigue from being in front of a screen all day long. Uh, but at the same time, always be face to face, always turn on your video, you know, and be there virtually in person so that the facial expressions, the body language, all of mm -hmm. that continues yeah. to come into play. And then lastly, I would just say we try to be as relevant and as helpful as we possibly can, um, meaning that, you know, thought leadership, uh, white papers, uh, focusing right now on what does financial wellness mean for your DNI communities, as an example, all of that has been ways where we were able to drive relevance in ways we have not been able to in the past. And so it's really, how do you step into the moment? How do you recognize what's going on in the world? What are the, the things your customers care most about? And if you can translate for them, what your solution can do to help them overcome those challenges, then you're incredibly relevant and they want to talk to you. Uh, so those are some of the things we have done in those three areas you mentioned, Dan. Yeah, pretty comprehensive. And I think uh, rallying an organization around the idea of relevance has never been more important than now because I think people that are choosing who to partner with, um, and their new relationships, um, they're looking for authenticity. Uh, they're looking for, you know, that, that spirit of trust and relevancy is definitely really important. And as we start winding up our conversation, Martin, I'd like you to look forward. And so when you think about delivering financial wellness for everyone, which I think is one of the uh, philosophies uh, there at Bright Plan, what gets you most excited about the future? Yeah, Dan, there's nothing like being a part of a company that has a real purpose. And, you know, I think a lot of companies find it hard to define what purpose, you know, they have, right? Because if you're building a widget that someone puts in the back of a data center, you know, it's just hard, right? It's just the way it is. We, we feel very fortunate to be in a position to truly be relevant and to fulfill our mission and our purpose by helping potentially millions of people live have better outcomes for their lives. If we can help people be more happy, 
less stressed, more healthy, not just financially, but, you know, as we spoke before, how finances impact, you know, uh, physical and frankly, even mental health, you know, all of those for us has been, um, you know, so, so exciting and have really energized our team during this time. You know, um, I have been locked down on the East Coast um, with my wife, even though my team is on the West Coast. So my time, my day here starts at 8 a.m. And it ends at, you know, no earlier than 6 p.m. Pacific time, which is 9 p.m. my time, right? Tonight I have a yeah. board meeting on the West Coast that starts at 9 p.m. my time and it runs through midnight. So in a way, it's been incredibly intense, uh, but the but at the same time, we have gotten so much done because, you know, we have real purpose and that's what drives us. Uh, and that's really, really exciting. And, and I truly hope, not just for Brightplan, I, I truly hope there will be many companies that can serve people around the world and help them become financially well, because, you know, money is everyone's problem and we all need help with that. Well, Martin, thanks again for coming and sharing your story, your experience, your success at Bright Plan, helping all of us better understand what the concept of financial wellness is as part of total wellness. Thanks again for joining. Thank you, Jen. And just a reminder for everyone, if you like this podcast, feedback is always welcome. Please go out, rate and review. It's really easy to do. You can go out and do that on Apple Podcast. And as always, make sure to check out marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.